0: I'm Steven Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words.
1: What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Abrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Abrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Steven Adams. I'm not miffed and peed. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG, and I'm down to dunk.
0: Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at five o'clock Central Time. With me today on maybe the most anticipated Wednesday pod ever that had to be late because Alex is in the Hamptons. Alex Spears, what's up?
1: Night pod. I've been up since one a.m.
0: <laughs> it's because you're you're just fancy and better than all of us because you went to the Hamptons.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is my first time in the Hamptons. And I would say that if you don't live in New York City and or are not super rich, there's really no reason to go. It's kind of <laughs> just another beach town. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's kinda cool. There's big houses and stuff, but there's not like a boardwalk. There's nothing fun. It's all these like fancy stores. There's nothing to do there. Did you sign with
0: a Golden State podcast while you're there?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm on I'm gonna be on um Light, the Light years podcast.
0: Oh, nice! Join the athletic yeah. like everybody else. Okay. <laughs> cool, man. Uh, okay, there's like a thousand things to cover today. Um, I don't yeah. even like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a, a little. I don't even know what to say because there's so many I'm, things to say.
1: Like, well, I'm glad we waited because uh, there was a Oklahoma City specific story that came out this afternoon that we would have right. missed this I know. morning.
0: Uh, Some guy named Jake L. Fisher that I'd never heard of until this afternoon.
1: Me neither, but now I take him very seriously. Right. Uh, He writes for SI.com.
0: Writes for SI. He's very yellow. There's so much yellow in that profile picture. I just don't even know what to do.
1: He's Um, jaundiced.
0: He's a jaundiced (laughs) Jake Fisher. Uh, I'll read the tweet, and then we can discuss it. So Oklahoma City has increased its efforts this afternoon to shed salary along with the 21st pick en route to dodging luxury tax. League sources say Steven Adams, Andre Robertson, Dennis Schroeder, all very available at the moment.
1: So this is kind of going back to the Shams report. The Downer Shams.
0: Is it, is it Shams or Shams?
1: Oh, it's probably Shams. Yeah. Shamsharania.
0: I've been yeah, I've been dealing with that problem in my brain for a while.
1: So it's all soft. It's soft A's, soft yeah. C's. Shams <laughs> I think that's right. Uh, Shams, you remember he gave like a very half glass empty uh, lay of the situation a few weeks ago. Yeah, saying that Thunder were looking to cut salary, basically that's all he really said. And then Woj came out said, "Oh, the Thunder are in win it all now mode, Yeah. and they're gonna they're gonna try to do it with veterans." And that kind of made sense. And you and me kind of justified it by saying, "Hey, they're trying to redo the mellow trade from last year, mm-hmm. where they." Where they accomplish two things at once they cut they cut their tax bill in some some small or large way, mm-hmm. and then they bring in someone who could potentially play on the team and Now it seems we're going back to the to the downer the downer idea, but this is even more extreme because he's he and maybe he misunderstood, but apparently it's very hard for them to dodge the luxury tax. They could get below it relatively quickly by just trading people into space, but then they would probably go back over it. By signing more people.
0: They're not doing they're not going to dodge the luxury tax. I mean they would it'd make their team significantly worse.
1: Maybe he's saying dodging individual dollar bills. I mean like matrix, if, like if the if matrix. They,
0: yeah, if they want to soften their cap hit, which I think is mm-hmm. what Jake Fisher should have said, I think that yes. is what they want to do. Like they want to save money. There's no question that they're going to want to save money. Um you know, if, if this team had gone to the West Finals, maybe we're not having this conversation. But I think that this is this is a part of doing business, you know. And Sam is, just because you trade one or two of these guys doesn't mean that you're necessarily just flat out getting worse, you know. I mean, you could find pieces that fit better with Russell and, and Paul that cost less, you know. Um, and give them a younger player or give them the 21st pick or give them expiring salary. You know, those things happen. You know, Mike Conley, you know, happened to work out for the Grizzlies. Did they get an equivalent back of, like, the talent? i probably not, but, like, they got a guy that fits really well up there. Um, The Thunder could do a deal that makes sense for both sides, save money. I mean, it can all be accomplished in one deal. And I... The Thunder have never given any indication that they're doing anything but trying to get better and trying to win. But I mean, you have to at some point you can't you can't pay this kind of luxury tax bill and continue to get beat in the first round, you know?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest question for me is if this dream trade does not end up materializing by Thursday night, Mm -hmm. tomorrow night, Mm -hmm. meaning that they don't find this trade that both cut costs and brings back a usable player. Mm -hmm. What what do they do then? Because at that point, they would have had to make a selection at pick 21, Mm -hmm. and instantly that player becomes less worth or less value than the pick would have been by itself because obviously you're choosing a player for whatever team that you would then trade him to. Mm -hmm. Um, So if that happens... I wonder do they are are they still looking at that same thing or or at that point would they then shift in towards okay, now we just need to cut costs even if it's just trading Dennis Schroeder into someone's space, something like that or just trading Robertson into space would they make that kind of a move like i I'm, I'm I, trying I, to figure out how important is it that this happens before tomorrow night
0: i I don't know I mean you can. You can still attach whoever they take at twenty one. You can attach Hamadou Diallo. Like you can. There's other stuff you could do. You know, past this day. I mean, it's it's not a sharp deadline to me.
1: It's not. But wouldn't you say that the the asset that they are most interested in trading, that is a positive asset, the twenty first pick, has its most value in these next twenty four hours?
0: I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It may be. Um, it just depends. I mean, it depends on who they get. It's, maybe somebody falls to them, like Nikhil Alexander Walker somehow falls to them. And there's teams behind the Thunder, that are like, oh my goodness, like we can get our, we could get that guy. You know, in that case, like if I'm the Thunder, I don't want to trade it. But like still, like it just depends on what happens. You know, I think that the Thunder largely took Terrence Ferguson on draft night because they thought that he's a guy that could probably get the most back in a trade if they wanted to use him as a trade chip. He's young, he's athletic, he can shoot it. I mean I think that's what that I mean, I think they like Terrence, but I also think that like he's a guy that could be moved as well. Um, and so I think the Thunder will take they will probably I mean, most teams know who other teams like and they may take a guy they're like, Okay, we know that a lot of teams like this guy, rather than taking like a Mitch McGarry at twenty one like they did where they're like, We want we're looking for fit. Or they try to do something wacky with like a Josh Eustace. Like, I, I'd be a little surprised if something wacky like that happened tomorrow. I would see it more like if they take somebody that has value there, you know? Like, I don't, and I don't like Bull, Bull but maybe they take Bull, Bull thinking that like maybe somebody would just go, maybe that is a, that's a, you know, swing for the fences 21st pick that he could definitely out perform his draft position or he could be a bust you know like that if you drafted him like oh like what kind of value does bull bull have in a trade you know right now it may be an all-time high you know i don't know so i to me i just don't maybe they do something tomorrow maybe they don't a lot of trades do go down on draft night though i think most teams are willing to get stuff done they want to get stuff done before free agency starts and so i think it's the the day that makes the most sense to try to do it. So I'd be a little surprised if they don't do anything tomorrow night.
1: Yeah. Have you, I haven't been following like the workout reporting. Do you even know who they've been, who they've worked out?
0: Mostly second round guys. We don't, we don't have the full, I don't, we're not going to get the full list of who they've worked out and who they looked at. But like Taylor Horton Tucker has worked out for them. Um, Mm. Dylan Windler's worked out for them. Um, those are the two biggest names of guys that have worked out for them that would potentially even be first round draft selections. So, but I was talking to you about that. Uh,
1: I was talking or texting with you about Horton Tucker because on the dot com, which is a really great draft website, they have him ranked number eight on their big board, which they always have someone weird in their top 10. Yep. And last year it was the guy who was drafted by Houston, went to Phoenix, D'Anthony Melton. That was like their guy. And and you could argue that turned out pretty well already. Um, But yeah, so Horton Tucker was their big guy this year. And then uh, 538 released their Carmelo projections. Mm -hmm. And they also had Horton Tucker in their top 10. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I guess he's just like a stats darling, but then I was reading Sam Bassini, and he didn't even like list his position. He just said 6'4", four dot 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 player. Player, yeah,
0: he's <laughs> yeah. he's a, I don't know what to think about him. He's he's one of the youngest guys in the draft. He is he's Deontay Burton clone to me. He's eighteen oh, year old. Deontay then why
1: Burton. do you love him? Because
0: we already got the real thing. Yeah, but a
1: clone? You could create a whole team of them.
0: <laughs> He's definitely position a positionless basketball player. And I, I don't know. I think Deontay's a smarter player than Horton Tucker is. I've not. And maybe and he has time to improve. You know, De, Deontay's five years older than him. Um, so I don't love his decision making. If he was a great decision maker, a great passer, I'd be all in. But then again, like he would probably be a guy you'd pick at 21 if he was that, you know. So, I have no clue. I don't trust the jump shot. I don't trust the decision-making. But he's got crazy potential, I guess. I don't know. He's a weird player.
1: Um, Are there any other... Is there any other OKC news that you wanted to touch on before we get into some of the other news and notes?
0: No, I just think that it's of note. And we've talked about... Like, I don't know how many times we've put Stephen Adams into the trade machine, but we've never, ever seen Stephen Adams in a report saying that the Thunder might try to trade him. You know, I think that that, that to me was a little shocking.
1: Um, oh, just that his name was even mentioned.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you would, I mean, you can get to that place without seeing the report and like logically think like, you know, you look at all the the guys like, man, Steven makes an awful lot of money. Um, and he's a good player and he's younger. And maybe you could talk a, a younger team into taking him on. You can take a veteran from them. You know, like all of that, like, makes total sense because we've been doing that for years, you know, like trying to trade him. But seeing it in an actual report, which to me says that somebody told Sports Illustrated, some other team told Sports Illustrated, hey, the Thunder just called us, and they offered up these three guys in the 21st pick. Isn't that interesting? You know, like, that's probably what happened. Right. You know, we don't know what for. We don't know what they're doing. I mean, the Thunder, I mean, here's the thing. The Thunder are going to be, they're going to have all the options on the table. They're going to have, here's what we have to dump salary. And if the Thunder just completely offload Dennis Schroeder, or completely offload Andre Robertson, or completely offload, which seems highly unlikely, but suppose it's possible, completely offload Steven Adams. That's a to me, that's an indication it's a precursor to something else. You know, if if, if it was Dre, maybe it's not. If it's Schroeder, or if it's Steven, it's a precursor to something else happening. Andrew, we have breaking news! What, 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 what? We have a trade! What? Who, what, where?
1: Adrian oh. Wojnarowski just <laughs> tweeted, Milwaukee is trading Jan Gian- Tony Snell... To Detroit! <laughs> boop, 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 boop.
0: Oh my goodness, Tony Snell is the most Detroit player ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is. I could have sworn he already played for him.
0: I know. Oh my goodness, he's gonna wow! Just, that's exciting. He's gonna he's gonna do what every player in Detroit has done since they won the championship is just totally just disappoint.
1: I do feel like uh, Detroit needed him though, especially after they traded. Who's the, What's the name of the guy they traded to LA? That I like, Reggie Bullock. Yes. Yeah. After they traded him for no good reason, uh, they kind of <laughs> needed another wing who could shoot. So,
0: Tony, Tony Snell didn't play for the Bucks in the playoffs.
1: That's well okay. Play- playoffs aren't everything, especially when you're in Detroit. <laughs> Regular season still matters. So
0: <laughs> oh, don't knock man. it. That's cool.
1: It's funny on my screen right now. It just has one like and two retweets. I wish it would just stay that way. <laughs> 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 what was just a tweet?
0: We're already up to six hundred and eighty three retweets.
1: Oh wow! People are excited. People are hungry for trades. Oh wow! Well, uh, and uh, but, you know, Bill Simmons really wants Stephen Adams. On he the just Celtics? tweeted, yeah, he just tweeted about him too. He really wants Stephen Adams on the Celtics. God,
0: I, I mean, here is the deal. I will be devastated if the Thunder trade Stephen Adams. it will be devastating. He's so great. He's just great, and it would be very sad for him not to be on the team anymore. But if there's a way for them to improve the team, I mean, to me, this summer and next summer is about going all-in with Russell and Paul George. You have an opportunity. You have two guys in their prime, and you can sit back and have... Because what were the Thunder in, in terms of like ranking as far as age goes? They weren't... They're like in the middle of the pack, right?
1: Yeah, they're actually lower than I thought. Because everyone other than PG and Russ are like in their mid to young 20s. Yeah.
0: You, you've got to get guys that are 27, 28, 29, 30, you know, on your team. Like, that's, those are the guys that have experience, aren't going to be afraid of the moment. There's not going to be a lot of teaching that needs done. Like, you're just going to go play. You know, and I'm, I'm part of me is convinced that like a part of the Rockets success is that they've just had those kind of guys. You know, they've had a ton of guys that, like, you're not, there's not a lot of teaching going on. There's not a learning. There's not a lot of growing pains. It's just like, okay, we're going to plug you in this spot. You know what to do. You've been a pro. You are a pro. Let's do this. You know, they're not having to bring alongside of Terrence Ferguson and, like, what's he going to be this year? I don't know. And, like, he was impressive in some spots, terrible in others. And then he flattened out at the end of the year. You know, even Steven, like, Steven, I feel like has a lot of room to grow still. But, when you have Russell and Paul who maybe just have two more years together, like do you have time to wait? Like I don't know. And Steven's already really good. I would hate to see him go be very successful somewhere else, but I I mean I just would not be surprised if that were the case.
1: Whew. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen during your big trade uh, party tomorrow night. Draft I mean your party. draft party. I know. Everyone'd be crying be terrible.
0: Oh, it would be terrible. Let's and I don't know, man. It's going to be crazy. All right, let's go to the next let's go to the next item.
1: Okay, well we kind of mentioned the Celtics, so real quickly, Al Horford is opting out of his contract, which initially like a, a week ago, everyone just kind of assumed even with losing Kyrie, they were going to bring back Horford, likely he would opt out and then they would do a longer term deal, mm. uh, kind of like the Spurs did with Pau Gasol. But Turns out that Al can get a four-year, $100 million contract with someone other than the Celtics, and the Celtics didn't want to go to four years because he is already 33. And then uh, Shams, got it right, reported on NBA XM Radio that Horford's short list of preferred teams was the Lakers, Mavs, Philly, and Houston. Just thought that was a little weird because... The Lakers won. I don't even know if they could get to that four-year, $100 million contract. Yeah. The, the Mavs may make sense. I don't know. And then Philly, <laughs> Philly's main thing is that they wanted to re-sign Jimmy Butler, and they're going to try to bring back Tobias Harris, whether, whether or not that works. And then Houston we'll talk about later. I, I don't understand the Houston scenarios fully yet. How would they even get there? It it would have
0: to be – it. You would have to do
1: a a sign-and-trade which would hard cap them. Yeah. And this is the same issue with Jimmy Butler. The other option, same with Jimmy Butler, is that you opt in like Chris Paul did and then you do a trade. But then why would he do that? Because the whole point is that he's opting out to get more money. To get, I mean, he's 33 years old.
0: Yeah, he wants the long-term money.
1: Right. So I feel like there should be other teams other than these four. But... I I can't really think any of any off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, I I find it all very strange. I find the whole situation to just be so weird in Boston. I don't know what's gone so wrong.
1: Well, did you see the Jackie Mack? She was on. Uh, uh, Jackie McMullen was on some radio show.
0: I missed it. And she no. s-
1: she she said that she thinks the turning point was when uh, Brad Stevens started playing Gordon Hayward more. Okay. And that he became that there just became this animosity in the team towards Gordon Hayward because he was being treated like you know like the coach's son, huh. and he was getting playing time over guys like Jalen Brown who had already proven themselves in the playoffs the previous year, and that that for for no like no one like was mad, no one was like it wasn't like a personal thing, mm-hmm. um but it was just people were bothered by it. Because they felt like he was getting this preferential treatment. And so it just caused all these like random chemistry issues. And she thinks that's where it all started.
0: Because <laughs> Gordon Hayward.
1: Yeah, poor guy. <laughs>
0: wow. Oh, yeah. man. What a weird situation. What an absolutely strange situation.
1: Uh, hey, I'm ready to make a huge prediction though, Andrew. Okay, okay. I think the Celtics are going to win more games next year than they did this year.
0: Yeah, I've, I've actually thought that thought in my head. Too.
1: I just I think that they still have a lot of flexibility, especially if Horford Horford Horford. <laughs> Horford yeah, they'll especially have twenty seven million dollars in
0: cap space.
1: Yeah, and so like well, Bill Simmons' idea was to try to get Stephen Adams through a trade and then try to sign D'Angelo Russell. Um but like oh. they could they can go out and try to get like those kind of mid tier free agents.
0: So, what does the Steven Adams trade look like without Al Horford?
1: Oh, I'm guessing it would include Al Horford. So, Uh, I think that's the only. For
0: his last year. That's the only way that it works, right?
1: Right. And I don't really, I still don't know why he would do that unless he just really loves Billy. Maybe he does.
0: I don't know. I mean, without trying to get to 24 million is so difficult. Marcus Smart. Aaron Baines, you can't do it without getting yeah. Jalen. I mean, you're not doing Jalen Brown or Jason Tate. Right. You know.
1: Yeah, so so maybe not that one. But the point is that they, they would have some flexibility this summer. And who knows? It's not like they have an amazing track record of bringing in free agents other than ones that played with the coach in college. Yeah. But you never know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I just still really like, I still really like Tatum and I still really like Jalen Brown and I just kind of want to see them be able to do their thing. Mm hmm. Okay. It's you re-
0: Cause like who else is on, I mean, their team is like, it's very different. They could be great. I don't know, but it's, it's very, it's just, they find themselves in a very strange situation.
1: And obviously, uh, picking them to win more games than they did last year is basically a bet on Gordon Hayward. Yeah, That in his second year back from injury, he's going to resemble something of Utah Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you ready for the big trade of the day?
0: Yeah.
1: Big trade of the day. Mike Conley traded to the Utah Jazz for Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder, the 23rd pick this year, and a protected future first rounder.
0: It's a big deal, man.
1: Yeah, my first reaction was just increased anxiety for the Thunder.
0: It's a big, like, it's a big deal.
1: That's kind of like the first. Well, I guess the Lakers were the first domino, although we really need to see what the rest of that roster looks like. Yeah. But this was the first one where I was like, okay, that team I think got significantly better with this move. Yeah. I would definitely put them ahead of the Thunder right now, and that just scares me because that's just another one of those like mid-tier teams that that OKC should be right around with, like Portland and some of the other teams like that. And I just feel like the Jazz are going to be pretty good. Now, the one thing about this trade is that they lose Jay Crowder. Mm -hmm. And last year, their two most played lineups, five-man lineups, the one was with Derek Favors at Power Forward, and the second most played was with Jay Crowder at Power Forward. And the difference in net rating, it was like a plus 12 with Jay Crowder and a plus 4 with Derek Favors. Huh. So they're losing some of that small ball flexibility, unless you really believe, and do you know who I'm going to say?
0: George Yang? Yes! Yeah.
1: On basketball reference, it says his last name is pronounced Niang. George Niang.
0: Yeah.
1: And he uh, he shot 41% from three last year on 105 attempts. Apparently, he can play power forward. So, yeah. Maybe that's maybe they just sub him out. I mean, it's not like Jay Crowder was like super amazing. I think it just opened more for them offensively and defensively by having him in place of favors.
0: Niang played with Deontay Burton at Iowa State.
1: Yeah, Iowa State's crazy. And that's where Horton Tucker's from, right? Mm hmm. Wow. It's a clone. I told you. And uh, uh, Abdel Nader.
0: Yep. Nader played on that team too. Man, uh, I, I was actually sitting watching Stephen Adams work out, and we saw Yang shooting, and I was sitting with Barry Trammell, and I would tell told Barry like, you know, he played with Deontay Burton and Nader. He was like, "What?" And so like we like looked it up, we like looking at all the guys around the team, and then he like wrote a story about those guys playing together, and like that's, and then went off to like talk to all of them about playing together and like what that team was like. <laughs>
1: So you gave him the the idea for his story.
0: I did. I contributed to the Oklahoman in a very wow. direct way.
1: And he probably didn't even pay you. Not a dime. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Typical. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm. I like this move a lot for the Jazz. I like that they're going all in.
0: It's a great trade. It's a great trade for them. I think he fits well next to Donovan Mitchell. He can play off the ball. He can defend. Um, he'll be great for them. He'll be great. As long as he stays healthy, he'll be great.
1: Yeah, so that's scary. So that's another team in the West that has, has gotten better. I feel like that's the first big domino to fall.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, is Conley 30, 31? How old is he?
1: Yeah, he was not as old as I thought he was. Yeah. Um, like He was younger than Kyle Lowry. Let's see. He is 31 and 251 days. So he'll oh, okay. be 32 at the beginning of next season. Okay. From Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, nickname Money Mike. Middle name Alex. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Michael Alex Conley Jr.
1: Mac Jr. We should call him Mac Jr. <laughs> That's a cool name.
0: That is a cool name. He played 70 games last year. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah, he had a great season last year. Yeah, he did. One of his better ones. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah it was, it was his highest super, scoring output.
0: Super miffed about that trade. It's, I mean, and then like that coupled with the the tweet from Yellow Guy was really a downer day on right. Twitter.
1: Um. Okay. Next. Next rumor story, and this is one you didn't know about. I brought this to you hot and fresh off the press from the New York Post. They have learned that Brooklyn might have qualms about signing the enigmatic Kyrie Irving if he isn't bringing the injured Kevin Durant with him. Mm-hmm. Basically, the idea here is that if they can't get both of them, they'd probably rather just keep D'Angelo Russell <laughs> and just move forward with their young core.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Is it because of the government story?
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I do think that's weird, though, because... I, or I don't watched, know, I just
0: so if you haven't heard the story, like he walked up to Brad Stevens like after practice or film or something and said, What does government mean to you?
1: Ugh oh, that, that would annoy me so much.
0: Oh just hate you so much. I just I would that I mean if anybody decides to ask me that, like they I would try to banish you from my life. I mean, yeah. that's, he's so weird. He's so weird. I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. Like, part of me is like, why would you want that guy? Like, he's insanely talented. Absolutely. But you've talked to, like, their whole thing is, like, team culture. And, like, we're all together. And we're building together. And this is so much fun. And we're going to rise. And whatever else, you know, buzzwords I like to say. And, like, Kyrie Irving clearly doesn't fit any of those things. Like, he destroy like, the team that you that anybody would have said preseason of this last season. Which, if you could follow any team for the next decade, which team would it be? I think it would be an overwhelming Boston Celtics answer. Part of it was Kyrie Irving's there. He's going to resign. He told the team that he was going to resign. He told the fans he was going to resign. You think they're going to trade for Anthony Davis? They have this Memphis pick that they probably trade. Maybe they don't. You have these young guys. It's a team that could be sustainably great for a decade, and then it's all falling apart. Horford's leaving. Kyrie's leaving. I mean, the Sacramento pick wasn't as good as they thought it would be. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. And Kyrie, I feel like, is a giant catalyst for all of that.
1: So would you so the two options for Brooklyn would be a four-year 141 million dollar deal with Kyrie, yeah. or a four-year 117 million dollar deal with D'Angelo Russell?
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's
1: hard because I don't like, I don't feel great about D'Angelo, if I'm being honest. Like,
0: I don't feel great about him, but he was good. He was an all-star. like that's a thing, I guess, like he was kind of an all-star.
1: He's kind Um, of an all star.
0: (laughs) I don't know. That's a tough choice to be honest, because like Kyrie's like ceiling floor is higher and lower than D'Angelo Russell's. You know, right? Um, Which is scary. You know, like this could be better than anything they've ever had. You know, in Brooklyn, it it could easily be that, but it could also be he could torpedo what they're doing. You know, yeah. I don't don't know. Like that's it's. he, Kyrie's put himself in a weird situation this summer. You know, like, he's put himself in a strange situation. And I don't know the Lakers can get to the money that he wants, so, like, that seems like another natural fit because I don't think the Lakers really care. Like, they're just like, let's get as much talent as we can on this team. So if they could get to that number, I think the Lakers would make sense. But then who else makes sense for Kyrie? I guess the Knicks still would at that point. Um, but then who else, you know? The the Clippers the Clippers going to sign him um, Lando Indiana
1: <laughs> the Magic
0: you know I don't think the Magic even have cap space they might not I don't think they do Dallas at twenty nine point eight million in their cap space they don't want him as their primary ball handler though I don't know man I really don't I mean maybe like Indiana would be at least interesting you know but if you're the Clippers do you do that like I don't know. Like he's just put himself in a weird spot. Like maybe he still goes to Brooklyn. Like that's still a possibility. Um, but I don't blame him for having reservations. Because he's big, big weirdo.
1: And you wonder why this story is coming out now because you know two weeks ago or whenever it was they made that trade that opened up the second max spot. Course, everyone's first reaction is, oh, they must know something. Yeah. And then we and we hear that Kyrie's signing with Rock Nation, that he's definitely going to Brooklyn. So then people are like, Oh, I wonder if the other spot is for KD. And then KD's injury happens, and now it kind of seems like everything has just been thrown up in the air. Like at the end of the or at the end of this story, they say, Sources both with the Nets and close to 76ers, power forward Tobias Harris have told the post there is mutual interest between the team and the 26-year-old Long Island native. Mm-hmm. That's where the Hamptons that's where the Hamptons are, by the way. <laughs> uh, and then it also says uh, NBC Sports New England suggested Al Horford could be an option, thanks to his close relationship with Coach Kenny Atkinson from their days in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, that they are one of these handful of teams that has one or two max slots, and definitely wants to do something with it. So,
0: yeah, it's it, it's such I don't know. It's, this summer is going to be crazy you know this summer is going to be absolutely crazy
1: it is it sounds like it could be crazier than we want it to be for the Thunder so looking forward to that <laughs> uh, okay do you want to move on to the next story I do okay well the next story is uh, all rockets all the time okay. but we're not going to start where people think we're going to start we're actually going to start with the uh, Jimmy Butler pursuit okay Because I think this is kind of interesting. So this this came from Brian T. Smith at the Houston Chronicle. He tweeted that Rockets are expected to pursue Butler and be aggressive in their pursuit. They see him as an ideal fit on both ends of the court and in helping push Rockets to the top of the wide open West. Now, the easiest way to accomplish this is, like we mentioned earlier, you have to do an opt-in and trade, which is similar to what happened with Chris Paul. The problem is that by opting in, Butler would be risking – a major injury the next season and would be banking on getting a four-year max next year from Houston mm-hmm. when he could likely, and it has been reported that Philly would be willing to give him a five-year max this year, which is like five years, $191 million. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be passing that up because he, he is from Houston and because he would want to play with the Rockets because he thinks they, they you know would win. I'm assuming that would be the reason he would do it.
0: So play with Chris Paul.
1: Yeah, Dude, which we'll get to.
0: We'll get to
1: them.
0: <laughs> I have got some words about Chris Paul.
1: Uh, and the weird, other weird thing about this is, so the opt-in and trade, obviously, the other team has to be cool with it. Like the Clippers were when they got Lou Will and Montrez and Patrick Beverly, yep. Beverly, Beverly, <laughs> Beverly. Uh, in this case, Houston would likely be sending back Eric Gordon. Who is actually older than Jimmy Butler, which I didn't realize. Yeah. And he's also entering a contract year. Andrew, I have a trivia for you. Okay, okay. I looked this up. I just want to see where you're going to go with it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to list these players mm-hmm. in terms of games played in the regular season over the last five seasons. Okay. So total games played in the regular season just over the last five seasons. Jimmy Butler, Eric Gordon, and Chris Paul. Okay. How would you how would you list them? Most played to least played.
0: Eric Gorgman, uh Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler.
1: So, the most played, Chris Paul. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yeah. By one game. Okay. He's okay. He's played 333 games over the past 5 seasons. Number 2, Jimmy Butler. Okay. Played okay. 332 games. Eric Gordon, who everyone says is over his injuries. He only played in 318 games over the last five seasons. Okay. Now, obviously, I chose five just as like a – because it's a number that people choose, you know, five and ten. It is. 15, you know. Uh, but if you looked at their most recent seasons, Eric Gordon is probably like the most healthy out of these three guys. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was interesting because I always think of Chris Paul – as this guy who's always injured and conversely i always think of jimmy butler as this iron man and you actually brought this up with mikey on monday um, not as much of an iron man as i thought yeah i mean he's still played in a decent amount of games it's not like he's missed any like major time but he's still consistently missing you know 10 to 15 games every year
0: mm-hmm. yeah i i personally would love to see chris paul and jimmy butler on the same team i'd love it I think it'd be great. And Harden. And James Harden. It would be great. That'd be awesome. Let's do that. Like let's do it. I want to see it. Cuz I don't <sighs> think they'd win. I don't think they would win. I think that, that it would I think it would blow up.
1: So, Houston Twitter is not they very much believe this rumor. They they're like pretty convinced it's going to happen. They're very into it as well. Cuz the other option I didn't mention is that you could do a sign and trade. Just those are apparently very hard to do now. And it would hard cap the Rockets, mm-hmm. which doesn't seem like a Daryl Morey thing to want to do.
0: No, no one but wants to be hard capped, man. We need soft no caps.
1: One. Yes. Uh, so so I guess that's another option. But again, you have to convince Philly. Like, Is Philly really going to want to do it just for Eric Gordon? I'm sure they'd ask for... PJ Tucker, and if you're not going to give them him, like, would they be willing to do like Capella or something else? I don't know.
0: Yeah, and then if you're, if you're the picks. Sixers, why would you want Capella? You know? I don't
1: know because they need a backup five.
0: You flip him. You just you flip, flip him. You're just going to flip him. Yeah, I don't know. If I'm if I'm Philly, I'm just like, why am I doing you any favors? <laughs> like, you know.
1: I yeah, mean, like we just offered you two hundred million dollars. Yeah. And now you don't want to take it.
0: I think he's just going to stay in Philly. I do too. <laughs> I think all this is just such BS. I think the Rockets are just so full of crap.
1: Ooh, you're getting fired up already, Andrew.
0: I'm fired up. I believe. All right. I, yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm. I think this is all so stupid.
1: <laughs> okay, are you ready to get into the main event?
0: I'm ready. I've all been right, ready.
1: We've, we've been waiting for it. Everybody's been
0: ready for it.
1: Whetting your appetite. Uh, so a big story. Well, first, let's prelude to the big story was uh, Tim McMahon, yeah came out with a, a very good article, and it was kind of an encapsulation, a compilation of everything that's happened so far in this Rockets off season. Mm-hmm. And I would say if you've been if you're a sicko like me and have been following all these stories, there wasn't a ton of new information. right. it was It was just a really good recap of everything that's happened so far. The one piece of new information that I did think was interesting and that did get picked up, by the aggregators, was that Tillman Fertitta has been complaining about Chris Paul's contract to other owners as if they care or as if that's a good way to trade him. That was the one part of that story that was new to me that I enjoyed.
0: Tillman's crazy, man.
1: He's he's He's, crazy. There was a brand new article on the Houston uh, Chronicle today all about – it was an interview with Tillman Fertitta and I had already used my one Houston Chronicle article for the month so I couldn't (laughs) read it. So if anyone wants to hit me up because I'm not buying – that would be truly me hitting rock bottom (laughs) if I bought a subscription to the Houston Chronicle. No (laughs) offense to the great writers there, but there's no reason for me to be reading the Houston Chronicle. Okay, so that was Tim McMahon – P- pretty much what we knew, what we've been talking about this past month, you know, talking about the assistant coaches leaving mm-hmm. and just kind of like this general unease, feeling like the the franchise is kind of floating around right now and doesn't really know where it's going. So then we get this big story from uh, Vince Goodwill, who's yep. from Yahoo Sports, who Thunder fans may remember because he wrote an article about Westbrook that we may have not liked. Mm hmm. That was I think that was at the end of the first round of the playoffs. So there were just some real bangers in this article. It's a doozy, like, man. Just track after track. Listen to these. Okay, the first one, the relationship between James Harden and Chris Paul has been turned has been termed, quote, unsalvageable. Yes. Second, Chris Paul went to Rockets management and demanded a trade. Yes. Third track, Harden issued a him or me <laughs> edict. Yes. Following the second round loss to the Warriors. Fourth track, they went nearly two months without speaking to each other during the season, creating a tenuous environment for teammates. And then the capper, Harden hasn't returned Paul's repeated attempts at communicating this offseason. Now, okay, first just tell me what you were feeling when you read it.
0: Pure uh, Pure elation.
1: You were just happy. You just immediately started tweeting at me. Hey Alex, just start preparing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
1: was talked about this. I
0: was very excited. Yes.
1: Yeah, and and honestly, this article was just like everything we've read, but just blown out to like <laughs> maximum proportions. <laughs> just, just like everything taken to its like logical conclusion if everything goes wrong.
0: Everything you could have dreamed of. And a Houston Rockets article was written by good old Vince.
1: Yeah. So a few weird things about this article right off the bat for me. Mm -hmm. First of all, I I love the article. It was great. You know, I read it in the Hamptons, of course. I was reading in the Hamptons uh, out on the porch, you know. Uh, and, uh, just really enjoying my night. I probably had a, a they only brought, uh, a, a Takata out. So I was, I was probably drinking a Takata, you know, <laughs> on the back porch. Um, it was great, but a few things I thought were weird. One, he didn't get any comment from the Houston Rockets who, as we will learn, were very willing to comment on this article. Um, and the other thing was that the idea At least that we
0: think they're we, willing to comment after the fact.
1: Yes, it's just weird because usually in these type of stories, like I feel like with the Anthony Davis trade request, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure whoever leaked that or whoever reported that got a quote from the Pelicans. And it was like, yeah, this happened. Yeah. So I thought that was a little weird. And then. The second thing that was weird was the idea that Chris Paul and James Harden went nearly two months without speaking to each other. Mm-hmm. That just didn't seem believable to me. Mm-hmm. That seemed like too ridiculous. It seemed like the type of thing where like your source is like, oh, yeah, they didn't even talk to each other for a little while. It was like, you know, weeks or months, you know, and then yeah, yeah, he just yeah, chose, yeah, yeah. He chose to report two months. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah,
0: that, so, made, that makes sense to me. Like it was probably just a – yeah, it, it's – yeah.
1: They are probably just peeved at each other for like a week or whatever, which I don't think is that big of a deal. Obviously, the big thing from this story is that Chris Paul demanded a trade mm-hmm. and that Harden uh, came back and gave the him or me edict. Yep. Um, but then you had, you had the denials. So the denials came quick. Mm-hmm. First, you had Chris Paul comment, commenting on Instagram, damn, that's news to me. Mm-hmm. And then Daryl Morey said, that's news to me, too. And then he also told Stephen A. Smith that he emphatically denied the entire report and said that he has never, never, ever demanded a trade. Then Jonathan Feegan, who's a reporter for the Houston Chronicle, aforementioned, tweeted that a thoroughly exasperated Daryl Morey said Chris Paul and his reps have never asked to trade him and that he will be on the Rockets next season. said he and Harden were on FaceTime with him as they discussed 50 free agents together. <laughs> Seems like a fun, fun That's thing to so do. so cute. <laughs> and then uh, Zach Lowe, who we all trust like Zach Lowe, lackzo, mm-hmm. uh, he said that no trade demand has been made from Chris Paul and that Maury um, said, tweet that I said that, print it, tweet it twice. So just being very emphatic with the denial. And then Austin Rivers, I think he was on the jump or one of the shows today. He said, it's definitely not true. I didn't see any issues between any of them. It's just made-up news. And then you had the reporters coming out. So you had Jonathan Feigen. You had Craig Ackerman, who both tweeted that they've seen, up until like the end of the season, Harden and CP3 would play cards together on the team plane. So, you know, now I'm thinking, like, well, this is kind of weird. Like, this, that's really strong denial from a wide swath of people. And obviously, a lot of these people would have incentive to deny it, but some things like the reporter saying that he he has literally been on the plane and watched them play cards together, like that would be a weird thing to make up. Yeah. So now, now I'm feeling like a little unsure about this report. So then we move on to Dar- and we
0: know that Daryl talks to literally everybody that you mentioned, right? And he's in all of their ears. Just yeah. By the way.
1: Correct. Okay. Now, I'm going to take a, a slight detour now for the weirdest part of this, which is that there's a reason why the Houston Rockets fan base hates Vince Goodwill.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know I know what you're about to say. Yeah.
1: So there was a screenshot of a tweet of his from May 10th of this year that said, quote, Really hope Harden breaks something before the playoffs end. His play style is so hard to watch. Now, this screenshot, which included other tweets of his above and below it, it was widely shared around Rocket's Twitter last night. Even such famous NBA Twitter people as Scout with Brian! (laughs) (laughs) He tweeted about it. Okay? The problem is, it doesn't make any sense. He did not tweet that. This implies that a national NBA writer... Wished for a star player and MVP, can- MVP candidate to get an injury right in the middle of the playoffs and that no one remembered it. Like, don't you think that would have been a huge story if, like, a major Yahoo sports reporter had tweeted, Oh, I hope Harden breaks something? Yeah. Don't you think it's on a website where the, literally all we do is try to ruin people's careers based on single bad tweets? <laughs> and, you, and you think we just missed that on May 10th? Yeah. Like, no one logged in that day? Like, he has 33,000 followers. It was only—it was the exact same screenshot each time. Mm-hmm. It's fake. It's fake. I figured out how to do it. You can do it. It's on Google Chrome. It's called Inspect Element Hack. <laughs> and you can do it, and you can make up fake tweets.
0: You know who did that? Who made who? that screenshot?
1: Daryl. No. No, Andrew, you've broken it wide open.
0: <laughs> it was 100% Daryl. I'll take that to the grave with me.
1: But the point is that he did not tweet that. Now, and what people were doing, what these Rockets fans were doing, and I'm sure Thunder fans would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. But they went back and searched through all of his tweets that said Harden in them, and they compiled them as if it, like, proved something. And it was, like, him in 2014 saying, like, Harden isn't a good defender. And they were <laughs> like, see, this guy's been against Harden the whole time. And of, and, of course, they use this tweet about him hoping that he breaks something as, like, the capper. Like, oh, this proves everything. The smoking gun.
0: Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, the tweet in the screenshot has three likes. It's like, okay, this wasn't real. Like, yeah, there's <laughs> no is,
0: way that's real. Yeah.
1: Yes. So there's Vince no Goodwill sense. did not do that. Yeah. So don't, don't fall for that.
0: I mean, okay. here's the thing. Like, maybe Chris Paul didn't demand a trade. The Rockets are well, trying to trade him. that's what we're we're getting to it. Okay, okay.
1: We're getting to it. So there were two reports. One from Shams, previously Shams, Sharania, (laughs) who said he was on CBS Sports Network. He said there's not a team in the league right now that is willing to trade for Chris Paul. Even teams that they've called, I'm told, as just a dump, like we'll give you Chris Paul for free. Those teams are like, no, we're good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then today in his Mike Conley piece, Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer said the Rockets recently explored trading Chris Paul into New York's cap space, but the Knicks refused. So, like, once you read those, you kind of figure out what this story is. And I feel like the reality is that the Game 6 argument did happen Mm
0: -hmm.
1: after the Game 6, and I bet things got really heated.
0: The podium stuff happened.
1: Yes, and I wouldn't be surprised if things were said after that game, either by Harden or Chris Paul. No doubt. That that, that they probably didn't really mean, but they were just saying because they were super mad, miffed and peeved.
0: Might have meant them.
1: And then you fast forward to the offseason. All of a sudden, Daryl Morey's firing all these assistant coaches who weren't expecting to get fired. Mm-hmm. And so now you've created all these new sources for all these reporters. One of them talks to Vince Goodwill and conveys some story that probably some things get lost in translation
0: probably and, multiple of them talked to vincent
1: goodwill right because he did say sources in his article mm-hmm. which i assume you have to you have to talk to mo- at least two people to he use probably the
0: pl- confirmed the these stories with two or three of the guys that were let go and that's right. why they published a story i mean like Yahoo's not going to publish a story unless they feel like, like how many how many people did you check with he's like i've got three guys that worked with the team that say these things okay, let's put it out there, you know? Like, it's not just going to be one dude that's just, like, trying to throw the organization under the bus. To me, I just think that stuff Tim McMahon published, and this, maybe it's not all true. Maybe maybe not everything is a fact. But that team is in turmoil. You know, like, you can't hide that. And I think Daryl would love to hide it. You know, like, what Like what does he benefit from everybody thinking that the team is in turmoil? Yeah, I'm going to cover it up. But I just don't think you can have two things on such opposite spectrums being reported and think that everything is fine.
1: And what I bet it was, was it was not a formal trade request. Like I said, it was probably a heat of the moment thing. Yeah. And so Daryl, in his denial, feels like he's telling the truth. Yeah. And and he and when he says that Chris Paul's definitely gonna be on the Rockets next season, that has nothing to do with Chris Paul wanting a trade. It has to, all to do with the fact that nobody wants Chris Paul. Yeah. And so he, he knows that he's gonna be on the Rockets next year.
0: Of course. Of course. Who are you trading him to? Like honestly, like can you come up with If it's, with it's a not trade, the Knicks sense? at
1: this point, there's yeah. like that was the only team left that I was like, maybe. But even they refused.
0: Like maybe Miami? Yeah. You bring back Ryan Anderson.
1: <laughs> I forgot he was on that team. Is he on that team?
0: <laughs> I guess he's on the trade machine. Ryan wow. Anderson and James Johnson.
1: Yeah, that's that's a hot trade.
0: You do that, Kelly Olynyk and James Johnson. Like actually, so yeah, he actually might do that. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: like Chris Paul's done this. Everywhere that he's been. And for some reason, everyone is just like, man, what a great leader. Hall of Famer, first ballot, maybe the best point guard ever, is my thought on Chris Paul. Great guy, great leader. The dude has blown up every single place he's been. He's never lasted anywhere. He was in New Orleans. Things blew up. Got traded. Got traded to the Clippers. He's on the Clippers for a while. Things blow up. Things get turmoil-y. He's traded to the Rockets. Things are in turmoil now, and you're wondering why. You can stop wondering why it's Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul does this. This is him. I don't know why he like he gets this great reputation, but like honestly, like you could flip flop like the what people think about Russell and about him. You know, like Russell's just worse to the media, but like Russell has a good relationship with everybody on his team and understands how to actually be a leader. Does he always do the right thing on the court? No, but like personally, like it works. And it has worked for Russell. And you have Chris, who everybody just – he's a darling of the NBA media. And he has been. And he probably always will be. And people are like, well, he's just hes just overpaid. you know? No, he's like he's created all of this. And he's done it before. And I don't know why hes he gets a pass. He's just one of those guys that gets a pass from people. I don't know why.
1: And this is one time where I will defend James Harden because I've seen a few people out there tweeting like, well, this isn't that surprising when you see what happened between James Harden and Dwight Howard. It's like a James oh, me, Dwight Howard's another one of those guys. Like yeah. this has happened everywhere. Dwight Howard's gone. Like, I don't think this is a James Harden. James Harden is an MVP. If anything, he has the absolute right to like run his team the way he wants to run it. Like they had the second best I saw someone post this, they had the second best offense in the history of the league last year running that ISO offense. So like, why would James Harden think he needs to change anything? Maybe he does now after this most recent playoff flame-out. But like a year ago, they had made it to Game 7, and if not for a Chris Paul hamstring, might have actually gone on to the finals. So yeah. I do not blame James Harden. I think James Harden's amazing. And I just think he's been paired up with these very, go back going back to Kyrie, these very enigmatic guys who just like eventually run their course with their teams in terms of their personality.
0: I do think that James Harden's play style is probably impossible to pair with another
1: star. Yeah, you would need someone like who would be a good fit.
0: Uh, Kevin Love, catch and shoot.
1: I was gonna say Clay, but then I feel bad because Clay would just be running around the whole game.
0: Oh my goodness, <laughs> be the worst. No, like that's not even a good player to pair with him. <laughs> you know, like you need somebody a little bit worse than Clay.
1: I mean, Capella honestly is like a pretty good fit. Yeah, but he's not a star. With our... Like he's a no, good I fit. know,
0: but like that's the that's the caliber of player that you want to fit alongside him. You know? But, like,
1: prime uh, prime Tyson Chandler, maybe?
0: Yeah, but, like, what other ball-handling star on the wing is what I mean? Because, like, most stars are guys on the wing. There's not a lot of, like, superstar big guys. Like, I don't think you play Joel Embiid with him, even. Like, I don't, that That's a bad fit, you know? I just don't think, like, any ball-dominant star, you can't pair him. You can't pair them together. I just don't think that's possible. And maybe you shouldn't do that anyways. Like, maybe they can be better. Without Chris, you know, and everybody brings this up, but like they probably shouldn't have even done the Chris Paul trade, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick Beverly, you have Lou Williams, you have Montrez Harrell. Like, those are great players. Like, if they could trade Chris Paul for those three right now, they'd do it in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, they would.
0: You know, I mean, it's.
1: Did they give any picks in that trade?
0: I don't remember. I really I I have no idea.
1: I'll find out, don't worry.
0: Okay. <laughs> but any, I I think that Chris has been the problem and he's he he's a he's he is the huge problem here. And I don't I mean, I don't think that James Harden's like completely innocent, but I mean, I would think you can place the blame somewhere. It's it's right on Chris Paul. Like the Clippers blew up because Chris Paul was pretty awful. And I just think that he's You know, well, I can't. I can't remember who wrote it, but they just talked about like his persistence and like how he just kept going and going and going. Like I need this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. And like, like that gets annoying. And I think that he's probably a lot like that. And you can see him on the court. Like he's the worst. Like he is the worst. That team is not fun to watch. He's a huge part of why they're not because he is just the worst. Um. So the the one.
1: Last thing on this is probably not the last thing, the <laughs> next thing, <laughs> which I didn't know about. But Ryan Rossillo appeared on SVP show on Sports Center last night. Yeah. And uh, he said, I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't come on Sports Center and do this unless I knew Chris Paul does not want to play there anymore. He wants out. I'm telling you, Chris Paul does not want to play with the Rockets. So just another person coming out, kind of reiterating this. Yeah. I think where we're at right now is that everyone on the Rockets, meaning Chris Paul, Daryl Morey, and James Harden, kind of know what the deal is at this point. Like, you guys are going to have to figure this out Mm -hmm. because we can't trade you right now. And obviously, they're never going to trade James Harden. They're not going to take him up on the me or him edict.
0: No, no, no. That would be very, very stupid. Um, Chris Paul for Gordon Hayward.
1: Yeah, that was the one I saw – I don't know if i do that if I'm the Celtics. I'd um, rather bet on Gordon Hayward.
0: I would not do that. Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul for Nick Batum and Marvin Williams.
1: Uh, No. And you're bringing back Kemba?
0: Well, I don't know if they are or not.
1: No. I don't like that. Okay, they did trade a first-round pick. And it was the number 30th pick last year. Omari Spellman was taken. Ooh, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, Chris Paul for John Wall.
1: Hmm, I wonder if the Wizards would do that.
0: <laughs> they might.
1: Uh, I don't know why. you Wait, why would Houston do that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have no idea.
1: Yeah, it's. I, I do think it's impossible. What I think is more interesting is figuring out when it will be possible. So right now he has three years left. Yeah. I think it's like $121 million or something like that. So at what point along these, this next three-year path does that contract become tradable? Because even in that last year, you're taking on a $40 million expiring contract, basically.
0: That's the only thing that would be worth it is if a team's like, we've got to clear salary for next summer because – Andrew Wiggins is coming up, and we really want to sign Tom Oh yeah. contract or something. Yes, <laughs> um, that's like the only reason is he's an expiring deal, right? Like he just yeah. becomes a massive expiring contract, and those are becoming valuable again. You know, that's that the would only be reason. Crazy, that's forty
1: million dollar expiring. We're talking about Andre's ten million dollar expiring.
0: The numbers Ooh. get bigger every year, man. Ooh. The forty, the forty million, by the time that that's done is not going to is not going to feel as crazy. You know. Probably not. Like right now like Russell Westbrook's contract, like we look at it like several years out and we're like I can't even comprehend that. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. Like by the time we get there there's going to be like 20 guys that are paid way more than Russell.
1: Yeah, that's true. I wonder who the first 50 million dollar a year player will be. It's going to happen. Going to happen at some it's point.
0: Uh, this is my favorite trade, and I posted this on Twitter. Chris Paul for Reggie Jackson, John Lure and Langston Galloway. And you bring Chris Paul and Blake Griffin back together in the Motor City.
1: Well, unfortunately, Andrew, John Luehr was just traded tonight for Tony Snell.
0: <laughs> he was traded?
1: Yeah. He was a part of that deal.
0: Was he non-guaranteed next year?
1: The one we, the one we broke live on the air. Oh, really? Yeah. So sorry. What? Go back to the machine, loser.
0: I'm going back. Let's see. No, we can't
1: so, get there now. Uh, right. so uh, Milwaukee could create up to fourteen million dollars in room and bring back Brook Lopez using cap space.
0: Yeah, but how do they do that with John lore Is John lure on non guaranteed? That's my. I don't know if you have that answer in front of you. Uh,
1: that's a good question because I saw that he he had like nine million left this year, but I didn't see if it was yeah non guaranteed. He box. made himself a lot of money.
0: A lot of unnecessary money went to John Lower.
1: <laughs> yeah, good for him. Four years, $41 million. Pretty good. He was a 2016 deal.
0: Yeah, that's insane.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, that's awesome. Who signed Who signed him? Because he's been traded a few times now. I think it was just that Detroit.
0: Was, I'm pretty sure it was Detroit. Oh, it
1: was? Okay. Man. it's awesome. All right. Andrew, do you have any big predictions going into the draft tomorrow night?
0: Oh, I think the Thunder are going to make a trade tomorrow.
1: Tomorrow day. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't know when. I don't know who. I don't know what. But, I mean, I would just advise Thunder fans, like, don't be surprised about anything other than, like, a Russell Westbrook or Paul George trade. Like, I'd absolutely be surprised. But, like, if anybody else has dealt, like, you just can't be shocked. Like, if it's Steven, even Jeremy. I know Jeremy wasn't mentioned in that tweet, but, like. Jeremy being traded wouldn't shock me. I don't think I mean, it would have to be a part of a big deal, you know. I think if Steven, Schroeder, Jeremy, if any of those guys are traded, it's part of a bringing back a different kind of talent back onto the team. You know, if it's Andre, um, if it's Patterson, then it could be a salary dump move where you can bring in uh, a mid-level guy and and feel better about the cap situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, that would be really exciting because right now I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting uh, a little worried, a little anxious.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like this has been, this has been like every summer with the thunder for several years now. You know, like before they got Paul George, it was like, man, look at this team. Look at the roster. Look at these salaries. Like, what are they going to do? Like, they, $20 I know, but this, Victor Oladipo? like, I don't know.
1: This I, was, this was a summer we were going to get to relax. We don't have to worry about anything. We have our core.
0: They still have their core. I mean, there, there's what no, what are no, you
1: talking? They're, they're mentioning, right writing Stephen Adams on Twitter, Andrew.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've never thought that Stephen was going to be here for like, 20 years like i just i've if the thunder are going to get better he's always a guy that needed to be mentioned you know if they're going to get better if they're going to go get another bigger piece that's going to make them a lot better like steven always has to be mentioned in that you know i just i don't that's kind of where i've always stood and i i love steven adams i think he's awesome i don't think that you trade him for just anything you definitely don't just trade him for cap relief uh, but if it's if there's a part of a deal that brings you back, maybe two like two guys that can really help you now. You know, the center position is becoming less important. Like it, it just is. Unless you are a superstar center, that position is becoming less important. And so I don't I don't know that Steven is um, a superstar center. I think he's a he could potentially be an all star at some point, but I don't think he's a superstar. So
1: hey, uh- Sorry, another story. <laughs> did you, did you oh hear my. about the, the Rob Palenka stuff? <laughs> I mean,
0: I've heard about a lot of different Rob Palenka stuff.
1: Well, so Ramona Shelburne was on uh, the jump today. Okay. She said, the way this trade was constructed, this should have been first and foremost on their minds, talking about the cap ramifications and opening up a max slot. Uh, it should have been foremost on their minds that they were talking to the Pelicans in a way where they were set themselves up. If this was really their plan that they want to have a third store, should a third star, this should not or this should have been central to conversations with the Pelicans, and my understanding is that it was not. They went all the way down the road and it's been described to me as the Lakers called back after everything had been discussed about this, the timing. Meaning that like the Lakers didn't figure it out until like after the trade had already been reported and everything. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy.
0: Least surprising story of the summer, in my opinion.
1: So, uh, yes, v- not surprising at all. And I think it's my number one story of free agency, how they fill out this roster.
0: Yeah, it's very, very interesting.
1: Because uh, Arnovitz and uh, Zach Lowe had a really good talk about it, and they they really didn't come to a conclusion. Like, <laughs> it's going to be really tough, especially if they do finish this trade on July 6th, where they're only going to have like $24 million or whatever. Mm-hmm. Talking about getting someone like Patrick Beverly who p- could potentially get like double digits per year. And then you get like you got room for like one more guy.
0: <laughs> oh man. It's crazy. Well they've got to sign KCP to his ten year ten ten million dollar deal first. So
1: he's gotta take less this year. Yes, <laughs> too.
0: We'll see. We will see. Uh thanks for listening. There's more to come. Tomorrow's going to be crazy. We will uh, make sure that you're at the Banquet Cinema Pub tomorrow, 6 o'clock. Uh, it's going to be a great, great time. Uh, we'll have the draft on a giant screen. We'll be get to chat with all the all the other Thunder fans that are going to be there. It's going to be great. So they have great pizza. They've got great drinks. It's a really fun place to to come hang out. So please hang out with us tomorrow night. Uh, the NBA is is wild, and I feel like tomorrow is going to be even crazier. So um, it's going to be a great place to hang out. So uh, follow Alex on Twitter at albabycakes. You can follow me on Twitter Andrew K Schlecht. Thanks for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys tomorrow night.